the guy that is right for you will show up for you in the way that you deserve to yeah. be shown up for and won't make excuses, won't need time to think. Hello and welcome to The Journal with me, your host, Lucy Spicer. The Journal is your go-to podcast for deep and empowering conversations that also gives you the practical tools, knowledge and motivation to transform your own life. Join me as my guests share with you the defining moments that turn their times of darkness into opportunities for growth. At the end of each episode, I'll be showing you how to find the lesson in someone else's story by giving you guided journaling prompts to help you change your own life. So for now, join me for our next guest entry into The Journal. Becky is a renowned voice of inspiration to many. As a qualified life coach, certified hypnotherapist and rapid transformational therapy practitioner, over her 10 year span in the industry, she has mentored, coached and consulted a plethora of business owners and entrepreneurs to build thriving online businesses. She has hosted events and workshops to inspire and supported many to access their fullest potential. Her debut book, You Are Powerful, The Secret to Everyday Manifestation, was published in August 2021 and has helped thousands to learn the power of positive living, raising your vibration and manifesting all that you desire. This is the podcast that I needed five years ago. Your late 20s and 30s are a time where engagements, first homes and pregnancy announcements are cropping up all over your social media. The pressure of what we should be doing can leave you feeling behind in life and worried that the things you want are never going to happen for you. From being known as single Becky and attracting all the wrong men for eight years to then prioritizing herself and meeting Matt in the unlikeliest of ways, Becky joins me on the sofa to share with you her story of manifesting a family and the life she'd always dreamt of. Becky realized through writing her own book on manifestation, all the mistakes she was making when it came to dating, and she shares with you the exact ways she was able to turn this around. This episode is going to be perfect for you if you're on the brink of giving up hope. This conversation is here to show you that you're not alone and you can get to a place of trusting that the life you deserve will find its way to you. Please share this episode with anyone who also needs to hear this message. And for now, let's open Becky's entry into the journal. Welcome to the podcast, Becky. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> as a friend of yours now, and also a previous client, and I work this out, it's been over 10 years it's that bad. we, I know, that we've known <laughs> each other. I know. I worked that out in the shower this morning. Wow. Yeah. Well, I've seen your evolution, right, over those 10 years and proudly watched your evolution, both personally and professionally. You've been on a journey, right? <laughs> it's been a journey. It actually gets me emotional. We've even started the episode. It's probably the pregnancy hormones, but um, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. And yeah. when I knew you, you were working as an advertising manager and a PT. Wow. Yeah. You knew me back then. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm a PT client. I was a PT client. You've been there the whole way, honey. And then I came to the <laughs> next stage of your life when you founded an influencer agency. Wow. Yeah. To influence. You came to all our events. Came to all the events. And now as I read in your bio, being an author, a business mentor, a consultant, most recently an RTT therapist, but alongside all of that, right, you've been on this real personal journey yeah. of changing your relationship with yourself, building your confidence and truly stepping into your light yeah. and showing how others can do the same. Hopefully. Definitely. <laughs> I've done that. I hope. <laughs> Definitely. But of course, as your friend as well and, and knowing you really well during all of this time, I know there was something that was always very important to you. 
And that was finding the relationship you wanted and to build a family. Yeah. And now as you sit here with your <laughs> second child. Like a marriage potato. <laughs> due in only five weeks, you're living proof that you have manifested what you previously thought was so out of reach. And I know this is going to resonate this episode before we've even begun <laughs> so much with uh, both my listeners and I know with your listeners this yeah. is a really important topic as well. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy journey. So let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go right back. Let's go back to even before you meeting your partner, Matt. Mm -hmm. And tell me a bit, Becky, about your experiences of being in your late 20s and early 30s and, you know, everywhere around you, there being pregnancy announcements or engagement announcements and how that felt for you. Oh, God. I think during my 20s, I had a really difficult time with dating during my 20s, if we're talking about relationships. And I think like I knew as I explored becoming a coach and I started to move more into the self-development world, I obviously knew a lot of it was my own subconscious yeah. thoughts and beliefs and the patterns that I had been like brought up to see. So I was almost like frustrated at myself. I knew it was almost me that was getting in the way of attracting what I wanted. But I think particularly for me, um, so I'm the last out of like all of my friendship group to have the family. Yeah. Um, like some of my friends, most of my friends have three or four kids and they were all doing it quite young. Um, so did I find it hard? I think I found it hard with, um, almost with like every time someone announced, I was like, when's that going to happen for me? But I, I did always always, always, always have this outlook of like, if it can happen for them, it can happen for me. So it was more, why is it not yet? Rather than like, oh, it's so unfair. Like, I hate that I'm not there yet. It was more a case of looking at everyone being like, what? and it became a bit of a joke. Becky's the single one. Right. Oh, uh, Like at we, I was like a bridesmaid at quite a few of my friends' weddings and I'll never forget like the groom was like, if anyone's looking for a desperately single person, like Becky's over there. Like it became, I was the only single one. I was the in my like really close friendship circle. Obviously, as I started to kind of delve into the self-development world and met more people who did the work that I did, I wasn't so alone in being the single one. But um, it was difficult because it was all I, at that time, it felt like all the success I had in my business and all the career I had and the, my friendships, like none of it really mattered because I just wanted the family. Yeah. And I wanted the partner because I wanted to close that story around being a single parent. That was a story I had as I was growing up because obviously my mum was. So I kind of wanted to prove that story wrong, but it was actually more about the children for me. Like I'd go and see my friend's kids and be like, just when, like when, like yeah. I just want a baby. I just want a baby. I just want a baby. Like, but I wanted, I was so adamant. I wanted to do that with someone yeah. And how did you, if you, because if, this really resonates, especially with my clients and they get, they get, you know, similar labels to that being mm. like the only single one <laughs> in the group. How did you, did you, do you feel you kind of take, took that on or did you manage to create distance for that and not take on that narrative for yourself? I think for a long time, I allowed that to be the narrative. I joked with it. I kind of felt like I had to get on board with it. I think then when I got a little bit more serious about attracting the partner and the and the family unit and I guess did a lot more of the work and became a little bit more like intuitive about it all I then was like I need to drop that narrative that story is following me and that is probably one of the reasons why I'm remaining single and so as I started to drop the narrative or like indulging in the conversation or even giving it any attention people stopped bringing it up as well and people stopped making that that judgment call or 
you know, there'd be times when me and my friends would joke. There was a couple of us that were single. So there'd be times yeah. where we'd be like, us singletons. But like slowly one by one, all of the ones that were left single all started to get into relationships as well. And I just really chose to look at it from a different perspective and be like, well, it's just around the corner for me if it was for them too. Yeah. And I think that's such a powerful shift. You know, sometimes I say to my clients, like a really simple mantra, because they were really struggling with these announcements and they, they felt critical of themselves that maybe there was a jealousy there or that they couldn't be like fully happy when their friend announced yeah. that they were engaged or having a baby or going to these baby showers. And I was like, a really, a really powerful mantra can be, you know, I'm so excited for her. I can't wait to experience that for myself. And I think yeah. that is such a game changer, isn't it's it? A complete game changer. And I think that I actually did have that throughout. I've had it with clients too, where they're like, oh, it just keeps happening. Why is it? And they really allow for it to like get them in a bad state when they're like, someone else has just announced they're engaged. Why is it not happening for me? I didn't, I didn't get there. I was more, I would have like a moment of mourning being like, oh, I just, I can't wait for that for me. And it was almost like a really heavy feeling of like, Oh, like I know, I know it's happening for me, but like when, rather than like, why her? Why not me? Obviously there would be people where I just see going from relationship to relationship. I'd be like, yeah. why her? Like, how does she do it? But then I think where I was doing the work, I knew like, well, it's because she's in the energy of being in a relationship. The longer a single, right? The longer I knew how to be a single person. And if we're looking at manifesting, I was putting that vibe out there of being single, incredibly independent, super busy, no room for a man in my life. Yes, you used to say like, that a lot. All of those yeah. things were there because yeah. that's the, the role I knew how to play. And so you see this quite a lot with relationships. You'll see someone breaking up with someone and then they're in another relationship in like five minutes. And it's mm. like, how? Well, it's because they're in that energy of embodying a person acting like they're in a relationship. So they're attractive to more relationships, but the longer you are single, and I was single for like eight years, yeah. situationships in between, but like the longer you single, you build habits, beliefs and behaviors and act like someone who is single. Yes. So you're not really putting that vibe or that energy out there of, I welcome in a relationship, I have the space for a relationship, it feels good, like it, you're not putting that energy out there, which I'm sure we will talk about. Absolutely. Um, but I did feel really happy for my friends when they were, which then I almost beat myself up a little bit more. I did feel happy for them when they were announcing they were having babies. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was getting left behind. I genuinely was like, oh, I'm so happy for you. There wasn't an element of like, but why not me? It was more of a like, when will it be me? Yes. But I was happy for them. And I think that, yes, with your clients, like it's such a powerful shift to be able to look at that and be like, if she can, so can I. Because I've had a lot of people say stuff to me about getting pregnant so quickly and so easily mm -hmm. and obviously there's the whole there's a lot of people who struggle with fertility it's a whole complete difference but I think and I'm sure we'll talk about it there were fundamental things that happened in my energy my behaviors my habits my beliefs that I did get pregnant that yeah. quickly you were saying to me you know you were building this narrative around yourself that you kind of why the single one, you had your successful business, you know, it's a thriving business. When's a man gonna fit in that? I also remember you saying as well, you know, I'm probably going to intimidate men with my success and independence, which I worry, I wonder if it was a bit of a blocker as well, kind of around this story. Kind of looking back and kind of exploring that a bit more deeply, where do you think you're potentially sabotaging yourself <laughs> further in terms of like, dating and what you were attracting I, again with I'm going to keep bringing my clients into this they tend to find that no matter what they've say you know I, I just keep attracting those same men 
I keep attracting the same and it's reinforcing that narrative that there's no one out there that it's just not going to happen to me that I'm not going to find the right person so kind of looking back at that Becky in that in that era what maybe traps do you think you were falling into I mean what traps weren't I falling really? into? really I think it, it's really it's like hard to answer this in terms of like what was I doing but then also like how would I tell someone yeah. not to do this I had that story right I had that story that Ultimately, I think at the bottom of it all was this deep embedded fear of getting hurt again. So from the age of 16, I was in relationships back to back, serious relationships, long term relationships, went from basically three back to back. And each one hurt me and broke a little part away of me each time to the point where I was so broken going in myself, so self-loathing, so self-hating so lacking in self-worth that by the time I went into that relationship I already was like well he's going to cheat on me like he's and I completely like completely manifested the that exact situation that's exactly what he did um and by the end of that I was that was when I hit rock bottom when we broke up I was like at my worst at my absolute well I didn't even want to be in in this world and I so I think that that traumatic time and that feeling was underlying living in my subconscious around I don't want to get hurt so what I'm going to do is subconsciously keep attracting men that I know aren't what I want so that I don't have to ever get hurt again because ultimately I know I'm going to get hurt like it was like I was deliberately or subconsciously attracting these partners that I knew were gonna hurt me or not commit that was my biggest one is they wouldn't quite commit or they had a another woman on the side or a baby mama or a reason why they couldn't quite give me their rule or whatever it was. And it was when I got, it was when I wrote the book that I got really honest with myself about like, I've manifested things that I want in my life, the career, the the relationship, um, the friendships, like the freedom, the financial changes, like yeah. all of those things. But I haven't, I haven't manifested the ultimately the one thing that I really want, which I think we'll probably come to talk about like when you really want something yeah. different. But I hadn't manifested that yet. And I saw I was like, I'm going to put into practice the principles from my book and get real with myself. Like, where am I settling? So like, I guess in a roundabout way to answer to your question, like, where was I trapping myself? I was settling for like nearly not quites. Yes. And half-assed versions. So like, I would say, I really want a man who like takes me out on dates and like makes me feel special. Yeah, I was dating guys that would like text me all the time and never want to see me. Like I was saying that I wanted men who were like very secure in what they wanted in their lives. Didn't have to be financially wealthy at all, but like having that security and knowing what they wanted or quite driven. I was attracting guys like who were not very driven and didn't really have. And so I was accepting versions. I think that's the probably the biggest trap I was falling into was accepting versions of guys that weren't what I actually wanted. Yeah. No, in it. And accepting behavior from them like ghosting and like not texting back or being all in and then going missing, like the love bombing or um yeah, just going completely missing and me being like, hello, like where are you? So there was a lot of that going on and yeah. a lot of me being with some with people that I just when I would actually sit there and go like, can I see myself marrying this person? Like would I want to have a family with this person? It would always be like no. But I didn't have the strength to be like, 
what, what are you doing there? Walk away. Yes. It was entertaining it because having someone was better than not having anyone, which is not the case. Exactly. And yes. that's exactly what I was going to come to you. I was going to be like, what was that? Because there's always like a driving belief, isn't there? And I was exactly what I was going to ask you. And for you, it was like, it's better to have someone because then you can, you know, fit into that story that there is going to be someone for you, that you aren't going to be single Becky anymore, that you are going to have this relationship or then hope that will lead to a family but to do that you were kind of almost neglecting actually what you wanted yeah and I also think I wanted the baby I wanted the children so much that I was almost willing to settle on well doesn't matter what the guy's like I'll get the baby yeah and instead of actually being like no Becky you do you want that family unit you want a guy that you adore you want a guy that treats you with respect you want a guy who you bounce off each other with like I wasn't owning that I wasn't I was I didn't think it was possible I didn't believe that it was out there so I was almost like well it doesn't really matter what they're like as long as I get on with them and whatever like I'll have maybe it's just the child like the child that I want or the child that I'll have and actually no I did deserve what was out there. There is a possibility for, well, who has walked into my life yeah. out there. And it wasn't until that shifted for me, I think, where I stopped just focusing on like, I don't deserve better. And actually being like, no, until this comes into my life, I'm not interested and I won't, I don't care if I don't talk to anyone. That was the shift. And what a shift. What a shift. And it was quick yeah. after that shift where I was like, I don't even need to talk to someone. Don't need to go on any dates. Like, don't need to do anything. And unless someone walks in my life and they are literally this, 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 yeah. this, I'm not interested. And that is such like an empowered point to get to, right? I feel like in our, in our late 20s and our early 30s, because of this societal pressure, it almost becomes a tick box. Mm. Like, I don't know when that suddenly happens, but you suddenly have this tick box of, right, you need to be somewhere in your career. Mm. You know, the success comes first. And then you got to meet your lifelong partner. In that order. Yeah. Or not in that order. Yeah. And then probably buy a house. Yeah. And then have a child, have another child. It's like tick, tick, tick. And I think sometimes with that pressure to tick, 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 like you were, we don't actually sit back and think, actually, what do I want? Mm -hmm. And what will I settle for? You're so eager to be able to tick those boxes off that you will just kind of settle for anything. So I think that takes so much strength to actually stand, sit back and go, no, until this shows up. Yeah, not interested. Not interested. But I think we put that pressure on ourselves yes. because I think we live in a world where we need to be seen to be achieving all the time. Right. Um, as women, I think we are validating ourselves a lot on what have we achieved? What have we got? What have we gained? What accolades do we have? Who's saying? So I think a lot of us put that put that pressure on. And then you have the added pressure of people assuming when you're single, well, like you failed. Why are you single? Why is a girl like you doing yeah. single? And it's like, if I could answer that question, <laughs> I wouldn't be single. But like or it automatically assuming that you're unhappy if you're single. And and honestly, when I met Matt, I was the happiest single I had ever been. So much so that I almost didn't want to let go of being, I was very ready to welcome him in, but like, I was so happy single. So, so happy single that actually, and everyone, I, when people would say to me like, you know, what's a person like you doing single? You're such like, you're a catch or whatever. I'd be like, well, actually, choosing or enjoying to yeah. be being single right now and there are plenty of women particularly in the world right now who are really focused on their careers I think it takes huge yes. power for that I've seen a lot of people recently turn around and be like my career is my focus right now I'm not ready for kids or nor do I know if I ever want to have kids and that's absolutely fine yeah everyone has that like, just because you're single or because you don't have children it doesn't make you 
a failure. It's all about what do you want? What do you really want? And I think that was something I had to ask myself. What do I want? And the pressure was almost on a little bit more when I wrote the book. Yes. I felt like, okay, I need to prove to myself now that what I'm writing <laughs> actually works. And let's go, let's be honest, like it's not working in the relationship department. So I'm going to put everything into like making that work. And I really, really, really like, it was almost like an experiment. I really want to jump into this experiment. But before I think you, you touched on such an interesting point, which I'm also seeing now in both my personal relationships, but also in the online space, which I think is really powerful, is that there's this narrative now from women that, you know, I'm child free by choice. And I think mm. we've got to such an incredible, like empowering stage now where we're actually being able to stand up as women now and be like, actually, that's not something that I that I want and goes, you know, right against the patriarchy 100%. in terms of we're meant to be maternal and that's meant to be our goals. And, you know, and that's what being a, a female experience is all about. I think it's incredible now that actually we're kind of breaking that 100%. and breaking that stereotype and those narratives. And also the narrative around, I do want to be a mum, but I also want to be a businesswoman. Yeah. I think coming into that world a little bit more, I thought the moment I'd become a mum, I would not really care. Yes. About work. <laughs> But that has been completely the opposite. And I think that there's a more women standing up for like, I want to be child free and this is my focus, but also a lot more women who are like, I want to be a mum and I love being a mum, but I'm not prepared to yeah. lose that version of me and I want to work still, even yeah. if it's just for my sanity. Yeah. Which I am like such an advocate for because your sanity can very easily go <laughs> when you're a mum. And so doing things that obviously keep you in purpose and keep you feeling fulfilled and jo like enjoy is only going to help your manifesting journey even more. Absolutely. Okay, right, Becky, let's dig into the <laughs> experiment. So how did you go how did you go about this? I'm going to have a quick sip of my trip. <laughs> well, yeah, do you know what it what I feel like at every pivotal part of my life where big changes have happened, I actually have gone like in my head I'm going to experiment with this. And I do do this a lot with my clients, even when like I was on my like self worth, particularly body image journey. I remember so clearly in Australia being like, I'm going to just experiment for a bit, doing only things that make me feel good or loving myself in a way, moving in a way that makes me feel good, eating food that in a way that makes me feel good. And my life completely changed. And I feel like the same thing happened around relationships. I had got my book deal um, they wanted me to write the book about manifesting and I really wanted it to be a lot more around raising your vibration which ultimately when you've raised your vibration for anyone that may be new to I'm sure no one's new to manifesting anymore <laughs> but my take on manifesting is like the higher your vibration the more you're feeling good the more you're sitting in that energy and those emotions of feeling joy and peaceful and content and feel good the more you're going to attract good right so I just got the book deal and I felt like at that point in my life, like my career was exactly where I wanted it to be. I was loving it. I felt so in purpose and it wasn't about the accolades. It wasn't about what I was achieving. It was genuinely about like how good it felt to do the work that I was doing. I was business coaching. I was running like self-development events. It was just a lot. I loved it. I was, it was a really good place when the book came in and I'd had this like feeling of a book coming in for years and years it came in at right time so I got the book deal I wanted it to be about manifesting and I was very much like only if I can relate it back to like raising your vibe and essentially all about how you feel so that happened at the time yeah career was in a really great place my friendships were in a really great place I think we can really forget 
the work that some of us do around friendships. Like yeah. I'd, I'd really cemented some brilliant friends and I was looking at them all from a much more like positive perspective. And I was really content in that. I was living in like this beautiful flat the church. Which, the church, <laughs> which I had totally manifested because I was paying like absolute peanuts to live in this like absolutely Funny. glorious place. And everything just felt really aligned and it was really obvious and apparent and actually more so it kind of made the craving and the desire and the desperation for that family unit even more mm -hmm. because that was the one thing missing. That was the piece of the puzzle that felt like, oh, when I have that, I'll have it all. Yeah. That's not why I wanted it though. It wasn't about the tick box for me. It was like ever since I was like 13, literally like playing with Barbie dolls, playing with baby dolls. Like I've always been so maternal. My friend's kids, like they're like, you're the sleep nanny. Like I was just obsessed yeah. with children. And I think that the fact that that was the one part that was like missing, obviously there were things in my career and life that I still wanted, I didn't own a house. Like there were still things I wanted to pursue, but like that was the very obvious thing. And I was in a situationship that was incredibly toxic and was not serving me. I kept going back and I was, I had definitely come a, a great deal further ahead than I was, I used to, the guys I used to date, it was just awful. But I, I, and this is where I was getting a bit like tripped up by it. It was like, oh no, I am practicing what I'm preaching. I am like being a lot more self-righteous about things and more like saying no to certain situations yeah. and being very picky about who I'm going out with and stuff. But I'm still not getting the committed guy. I'm still not getting the guy that actually wants to make me his girlfriend. They always want to just text me for years and years and years. So I was in this toxic situation and I went to Dubai to write my book. And I was like, this is my opportunity to get out of this situation. And I focused on writing the book and it was actually when the book got handed in and I said to them, like, it just feels a bit wrong writing this book yeah. when I don't have the relationship. And that's arguably the thing I want the most. And I, and I dug deep on my work and I was like, but that is it, isn't it? When you want something more, you are often sitting in the space of, I don't have it. Where is it? Um, why is it not happening for me? I'm not getting what everyone else is getting. You're sitting in the negativity. You're sitting in the low vibe. You're taking things that aren't like essentially what you actually want. And then I was like, well, actually that's even more reason for me to try and explore what would it take to manifest the kind of relationship and the life that I really want. I'm gonna just put my principles into practice. I literally remember walking along the beach in Dubai being like, I'm gonna put it, and I'm really gonna put it into practice. Like, yes, I've said what I want, but I haven't actually, actually, taken that I've like settled for things that aren't that have I really dug deep and actually said what I want in relationships in terms of like their values what that person's going to bring to the table for me what do our conversations look like I got I really was like okay take every page of your book and and look like where am I doing this where am I not and where can I do this better or where can I trial this and actually do it not because you want the relationship because you want to feel a certain way Right, so you disconnected yeah. from what it was and it was how you wanted to feel. I kind of just went, I'm going to just do this and see what happens. And I'm going to just focus until this book, because you hand the book in in like April. It doesn't come out until like August. Okay, so that's like a perfect amount of time. Perfect amount of time. So I was like, in that time, I'm going to prioritise following all the principles of my book. Following, so my take on manifesting, and I think we've overcomplicated it in a way, is the more you feel good, the more the more good you attract. 
sim as simple as that, right? Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna just spend the next few months really feeling good, really feeling all the feelings that I want to feel from a relationship. So that's safe, secure, um, like getting clear on why did I want the relationship in the first place? I wanted that security. I wanted that companionship. I wanted someone to laugh with. I wanted someone to make me feel like cutesy and sexy. Yeah. I wanted to like, you know, when you're like texting someone, you're like giggling and you're like that, that early, it goes very quickly, but that early stage of dating. And I started to embed that into my everyday life. And I really got like serious about raising my vibration. I'd listen to podcasts that made me feel good yeah. every morning. I would do my affirmations. I got a Kundalini coach who was very pivotal to, I think me manifesting the relationship. Um, I did a lot of subconscious healing around what my stories were mm. in relationships. So a lot of energy, energy work. Kundalini is a very powerful, like energy releasing work, obviously RTT. Mm -hmm. I had a session on relationships and got really clear on the reasons why from a subconscious perspective, I'm actually attracting the partners that I'm attracting and removing that, releasing that, which then came with listening to like a transformation audio. But essentially the focus was putting these principles in place and getting really clear on what I wanted. And then, yeah, I met him at the end of August, um, two weeks after my book came out. It's crazy. Two years on. <laughs> we're expecting our second child and when I say he walked into my life at the right time but also in the exact way that I had written down or got clear that I wanted I was almost like seriously yeah seriously and I was like this is but he didn't look how I expected him to look. He wasn't packaged. And I don't mean just like from a physical yeah. perspective that, but also he wasn't packaged up in the way that previously I had expected my partner to be packaged up. For example, I always wanted someone who was very driven, probably another entrepreneur yeah. um, or someone who had worked in, in a, in a position in a, in a company. Uh, I just, I just, I'm really attracted to, to drive and passion and Never did I expect that to be a builder. Like no disrespect to builders, yeah. but like when he walked in and we went on that date and he was like, I'm a builder. I was like, okay, like, cool, fair enough. But when I found out that he ran his own building company yes. and when I found out what actually went behind, just how driven he was, how driven he was about the work that he did, how it wasn't, it wasn't about the fact that he owned the company at all. It was about like the drive, the passion, the grit work yeah. that was there. They were all the things that I had said that I wanted. He just wasn't packaged up running a sports business or a coaching, do you know, do you know what I mean? I know exactly. Those were the things that took me by surprise where I was like, wow, he is asking me questions. That was another thing. I was like, I want someone who actually asks me questions about my work. Yeah. I dated so many guys that found my work cringe or didn't know how to handle oh, really? it or yeah, or were intimidated by it. And I sat on this date with him and he was like, tell me more about your courses. How does this happen? Like, and so if someone signs up, like, what is that? And I was like, he's actually asking me questions. Like it was things like that, that I think people don't get clear enough. Yes. And about. was it giving you the feelings that you wanted to feel? Well, yeah, but this is the beauty of it all. Originally, I wanted the like lust, the love, the uh, I was used to the sparks uh, and the fireworks. It wasn't that, it was ease. Yes. It was ease. And that was something I had two weeks before him, I went to this event 
um, my good friend Kirsty Gallagher, she hosted like a moon circle and it was like, what are you letting go of? And I remember writing on the piece of paper and like crying, being like, this is it, I'm done. I am done settling for people who don't ask me out, like who just text me for ages. I, if anyone even so much as smells like a fuck boy, <laughs> I'm uninterested. Like if they are even wearing an aftershave that smells, I'm done. I'm not interested. I want someone who wants a family, yeah. who is not scared when I tell him that I want a family in like yeah. the next few years. Like, and I was really like, unless that walks in, I am uninterested. And there was a fire in my belly this time. It was a real like, no, I will not settle. And the beauty, the bit that I think is probably a really good takeaway for people listening he didn't show up how I expected him to show up. So I actually had this intuitive weird feeling my whole life that I wasn't gonna meet someone on a dating app and that it would be like in the street. Yes. And I think it's really important that people listen to those intuitive nudges. But I think people shut them down. Right? So my clients, you know, they really challenge that with me because I try and again, broaden their perspective that I didn't meet my partner through no. a, a dating app you know, it doesn't have to just be that way. And they're like, oh, Lucy, you know, who's it going to be then? You know, the, the Amazon Where delivery am I guy. Someone? Right, yeah. and I'm like, well, yeah, but you're not? shutting that down. Yeah. Then you're shutting that down. And I did, I used to say to people, you could meet someone walking on the street, you could trip over them. Like, if you're not open to that, you don't believe that that's possible, you're not going to manifest Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I did have this intuitive feeling that it'd be like, I would, I just always felt like I would turn a corner and he'd be there. And it was so weird, it was so weird because I had made this declaration unless someone, I want a gentleman, like an old school man that doesn't text me. I'd been like a texting situation um, where someone was like, I can't give you what you want, but like, I really enjoyed talking to you. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, which I think also is pivotal. I ended that about three weeks before I met Matt with love. I was like, listen, you're a lovely guy. You've mm. been super honest with me. I really enjoy talking to you, but it's not what I want. It's not serving me. Like I'm called cool to talk to his mates, but like I'm not I'm done doing this flirting thing because it's not going to go anywhere. Your situ his situation was incredibly very complicated. A big thing for me was like not wanting to ever be the other woman or for there to be any other women because yes. of my cheating been cheated on and there were there were like other women that he was still in love with, but nothing was and I was just like I wish you nothing but love, but like, if I'm honest, I want a family, I want children and you you don't. So what is, what are we doing here? So I think, and I did it with love. It wasn't like, you're not giving me what I want. Yeah. It was with love. So I went out one night with my friend. We were both like, no boys, just us two. Let's just have a really nice evening. Just us two left the club bar, went to get in an Uber and I literally turned around <laughs> And this guy was up in my face. No, I love telling the story because I think it's so important to manifesting I was really hoping you'd part. say it again. I love this story. He was up in my face like a <laughs> boy. <laughs> Out of his head, super drunk. And he was like, where are you going? And I was like, literally getting into my Uber. And it was like, where the hell? I was like, where have you come from? It yeah. was that, that was that exact feeling that yeah. I had always felt. Like, where have you come from? But I was obviously drunk myself. So I was a bit like, well... And it was the first time I've been out in ages. I was like, where you're not going? Because I was so adamant. I was like, not interested in men, basically yes. at that point. And I was like, I'm single, I'm happy. I was like, not somewhere you're not. And he was like, okay, well, can I take your number? And I was like, um, sure. No, he said, can I put my number in your, he said, can I take your number? I said, uh, like, yeah. he was like, well, can I put my number in your phone? I thought, well, yeah, sure. I ain't, I'm not gonna call yeah, you, honey. Yeah. <laughs> put his number in my phone. <laughs> and, um, 
obviously the little cheeky one had called himself. I hadn't realized. So he put his number on my phone. I got in the cab. That was that. Next day I received this message from this guy. Like, go on, Matt. Hi that there. was genius. Yeah, Sorry. Like, Hi there. We, I, think we, I think we met last Oh night. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> he hates the story. And the funniest thing as well was he put his hand in my back pocket when he came up to me. Right. And it, it was just such a boy move, right? right? And so I was like, no, I'm not interested yeah, in this yeah, guy. Yeah. So when he texted me the next day, I was like, no, nah, no thanks. I've promised myself universe. Like I'd written literally that week. I did, didn't want. Yeah. So I was like, no, not interested. You are exactly what I don't want. Like, funny, because I kind of like had written it off. And so then I, I think I text, but I can't remember. We laugh now when we look back at our messages, like I was so cold to him. And then I like think I entertained it a little bit. And then obviously I was like, well, no, this is not who I, I don't want to meet someone on a night out. Like this is not for yeah. me. So I kind of ignored his message. And he texts me again being like, can I ask you a question? I was like, go on. He was like, did we go to th this place together? And I was like, no, we didn't. And I was like, but nice try. Yeah. And he was like, well, can I ask you a question? And I was like, what? And he was like, would you go for a drink with me? At that time I hadn't clocked. And I was just a bit like, oh God, like he, the way he approached me was just like, yeah. Not, yeah. gen not gentlemanly. Yeah. So it was a bit like, no. And I kind of was like, yeah, look, listen, I'm going away next week. Maybe when I get back. So I kind of like palmed it off. And um, he was like, okay, cool, no worries. Anyway, we were texting a little bit. And then we, I was at home and it was my dad's anniversary. I always find that time really emotional, especially around relationships. Because I think that whole like father missing wound yeah. plays on yeah. like, am I ever going to get that? And he texts me like how are you? And he's like, look, I never really asked you, but like, are you sure you don't want to go out for a drink before you go on holiday? And then I was like, oh my God, Becky, like you have asked the universe to only bring men into your life who will actually ask you out. Like we're in this dating world where men like, they seem interested and they don't actually like bite the bullet and say like, can I take you out? Or well, you're men pen pals, right? Yeah. My clients are sharing with me. Yeah. Literally, they don't actually ask you out and you find yourself in these situations for months where you're like, well, are we ever going to see each other? Yeah. And I was like, Becky, even if he doesn't turn into anything, this is your opportunity to tell the universe that yeah. you meant what you meant when you said, only if a man asks me out within a few text exchange. Yeah. He's done that. Yeah. He's the first guy in a very long time that's done that. Yeah. If nothing else, just go and tell the universe that you meant you meant it. Yeah. When you said what you said. And I went and I was like, you know what? Actually, yeah. And I'm free on Sunday. And he was like, okay, great. So easy no ghosting no checking in that day I was also quite detached from him at this point remember I wasn't like yeah he was so fit I need to see him again like that loads and I, of those butterflies like it has to yeah that yeah, spark yeah, yeah, that yeah, I'd yeah, had yeah, with yeah. everyone else where I was like is he gonna text me does yeah. he want to go out with me tonight is he gonna is he gonna actually bail on me I just completely was I'm seeing him Sunday whatever and I detached from it on Sunday he texted me like still keen for tonight and I was like yeah sure I was so unbothered whether it did or didn't happen which again I think is the beauty in this story and and when I first saw him, I wasn't like blown away. Like I just was like, this is cool, it's chill. Really enjoyed my time with him. Came home, was like, I really enjoyed that. Like he was really nice. And like, he was a bit young, he's a bit younger than me. So I was like concerned about that because yeah. I'd always thought, well, he needs to be older in order for me to get the things that I want. Again, like creating a bit of a story. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was, and we lot, and he actually was so apologetic by the way the whole time about how he had yeah approached me yeah super apologetic yeah. and it was almost like put him on the ped on a on a foot of like wanting to prove that he was actually a really nice guy yeah i was just so drunk i'm so sorry and i was like it actually put me completely like off you or slash why i've been a bit like this um and he's completely not that guy at yeah. all it's so funny so yeah i mean for me 
it was such a feeling of just like, this is enjoyable. I'm enjoying this. I'd go out with him again rather than like, is he going to text? I was in such a headspace where I was like, well, if he texts, he texts. If yeah. it's meant to be, it'll be. Yeah. Not even if it's meant to be a relationship, just like if I'm meant to hang out with him more, yeah. I will. And that relaxed energy that I was putting out there, not for him to need to be my husband or my boyfriend or anything right there in that moment, I think allowed it to progress as yeah. quickly as it did. Yeah, well, you created the space for it. And what's so interesting is it was giving you that those feelings that you had cultivated in those like months before, right? He was like an embodiment of that. So rather than you like wanting these and, and focusing your attention on having these massive butterflies and are they gonna text, are they not? You'd spent those months leading up to that feeling at ease, feeling relaxed, mm -hmm. feel, feeling trusting, feeling good. And he only kind of enhanced that. I'd let go. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing I say to everyone when it comes to manifesting. And I know it's really hard when you really want something, but I had actually let go of needing that to come into my life. And I think that if there is one thing that I could say to people to take away from like me manifesting what I've manifested is like at every point I've manifested this, it's always been when I've just let go. So meeting him, I think a really important part of the puzzle was like, a week before I was having a yoga session with my Kundalini coach yeah. and I was crying to her because I'd been to this event. I'd written what I wanted. It was a weekend. I was on my own again, all my friends with their family and I was crying and I was like, look, I've been doing this for months, like trying to really raise my vibe. I felt really positive, but I'm just having a, having a blip. Right. And I think it's really important that people know that like as much as I preach like feeling good as much as possible in order to attract good you're never going to feel good every day and it's no. important to allow those days so I was crying it out and um she said to me listen Becky because my friend had texted me and was with her children and I it had triggered it had triggered me she had said to me what are you doing and I was like oh I'm just doing yoga and then I'm about to walk my dog and she was like oh my god like what I would give <laughs> to have two hours to myself on a Saturday to do yoga and walk my dog and you're and I and there's me sitting there being like I just want what you've got and it yeah. was such a profound moment of like realization for me when my coach said to me like Becky you wouldn't feel this way you wouldn't yearn it or want it so much if it wasn't meant for you yeah you wouldn't you know you're gonna have children you can f i could f i could feel it in my bones that by hook or by crook whether it was sperm donating or adopting gonna i was gonna have a child at some point yeah. like that was a given she was like you wouldn't want it so much like you wouldn't yearn for it so much you wouldn't feel like it was so missing if it wasn't something you really wanted so like what if i was to say to you in two weeks time he'll be here what would you do yeah and i was like god i'd make the most out of being able to to do yoga on a Saturday morning for two hours and have fun with my friends and enjoy this single independent free life that I yeah. have where I can travel whenever I want to travel, work from wherever I want to work. Yeah. I, and that's what I was doing. I was like, I'm going to enjoy myself. I've gotten on this like self-development hustle, which I think we can like put ourselves in this like pressure cooker of, I need to be doing this yes. to feel better. And I've stopped enjoying myself and enjoying being single and she, she was like just go out there and do everything you can now in your single life like and that doesn't mean like sleep around like actually just enjoy the independence yeah and the freedom that you have because it will happen for you one day and when it does happen for you one day you won't get this you'll be at home with your children and it did just really so you know sometimes when something gets said to you at the right time yeah and you're ready to receive it 
it just went through my bones and that was the headspace I was in when I met Matt. So I was so detached and let go from needing a boyfriend. And actually I was like, do you know what? I am gonna have children. And that is so true. <laughs> I won't be able to do all the things that I do now. So actually if it happens in three years time, cool. Like if, it, if I have to wait, at least I get to do what I'm doing. There were so many mums in the world who would give anything to live the life I'm living right now, I'm gonna enjoy it. The same thing with the baby. Like when the moment I, when I met him, I was like, I'm not in a rush to have kids. I really just wanna enjoy our relationship. I was already pregnant. Like it's every time I let go. And that is because we're in this trusting, relaxed vibe of like, it will happen. And we're sitting in joy. We're sitting in, how can I feel good? Yeah. And it's, I, I love, we were speaking just before um, we recorded this episode and I said the exact same thing to my client and it was incredible what that then unlocked. I was like, if you, and you know, her approach to dating was kind of swiping just before she went to bed, not seeing anyone that she likes and then going to sleep, just reinforcing this belief that there's no one out there, that she's still going to be alone, that it's so difficult to date. And I was like, okay, well, if you knew your dream partner was coming into your life in the next year, it was 100% gonna happen. Yeah. How would you show up now? And she was, it, it unlocked something. So she just gone, bam, 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 bam. Then she's texted me that week going, oh my God, I just really noticed someone really good looking on the tube. <laughs> Which, you know, before she would have just completely yeah. turned off to that, or I really enjoyed going away with my friends, or I really enjoyed this. And I think that it, it comes to that trust. And it's not like, I don't think it's about being, um, falsely optimistic because yeah you're kind of you you are setting you know we can't just think something and then it happens you have to take the action towards yeah, that you know if you're going to sit at home all the time you're probably not going to meet that person unless it is the amazon yeah delivery guy no, go back to him but do you know what you i need mean to get up. you need yeah. to get up off the sofa yeah but it, sure. it completely changed your energy and i've actually really adopted that not only um you know with my clients and helping their relationship but also my business i'm like if i 100 percent knew this was going to happen lucy what would you be doing yeah. now? And you kind of take those those steps back to mm -hmm. working towards that. Does that make sense? Well, it's the same principle. Whatever you're manifesting, yes. a business, a career, a relationship, a partner, a friendship, a dog, a cat, a house, whatever it is. And that was where I'd been like really honest with myself. In my business, I'm very relaxed. I'd got to you a point are. where I was like, clients come. They've never not come. Like they by hook or by crook, some, some from somewhere they come. And like when I'm doing like discovery calls with clients, I have this energy of like, I would love to work with you. I would give, like, I would love to help support you on your business journey or a personal development journey. But like, I don't need you, you need me in the nicest possible yeah. way. Like I'm here to be of service to you if you're ready for it. But if you're not gonna come in, it won't ruin my world. Even when sometimes, it will have a massive financial impact on me when it but I have that energy and that's when I was like okay you're really good at having that energy in business yeah. but with a man if he walks away it's like oh my god <laughs> oh we did come back I don't even want you but please come back <laughs> so that's where I was like okay how can you emulate the energy that you have in your career and your business in relationships but it wasn't intentional with Matt it was like it was it just was I just was more chilled, more relaxed, seeing my friends, not thinking, is he gonna ask to see me again? And do you know what the beauty of it is as well? He never made me feel like, when's he gonna next wanna see me? Which I was so used to. Yeah. I was so used to being like, when a guy would leave, okay, well, when, when is he gonna ask to see me again? He would leave and within 10 minutes, he'd be like, when can I see you again? And I had written that, that's what I needed. Yes. That's me. Some people don't need that like constant reassurance, I do. Like I can be insecure in relationships. I have been hurt before. So for me, I, I wrote down, I want to be with someone who makes me feel 
Like they want to see me. They make the space for me. They, I don't ever have to question where I stand with that person. And never did I once have to question with Matt where I stood with him. Apart from there was like one time where he went a bit weird with me. And I was like, what's that? And I, I called it out. Before Correct. I'd be like, I don't want to call it out. It's going to cause like, what if it pushes him away? I was so unbothered about pushing him away. I was so unbothered about scaring him off. Yeah. That I was just like, listen, what's up? You've been like a little bit pulled back. Is everything okay? It turned out it was something completely different to do with his own work and personal life. And he, he really was honest with me about it. And again, I was so used to guys not being honest or not having that communication. So I think, again, it's important to be like, if you want something, then trust that that is out there. Yeah. I didn't believe that men were still out there that were gentlemen or that asked to see you or that listened or that you could say how you felt without them getting like defensive. But they are. Yes. They are out there. And it wasn't until I was like, until someone is that I'm not going to settle for anything less than that he walked right in. Yeah. And because your baseline was going back to, okay, you just feeling good and enjoying yeah. life. You know, the difference was it wasn't you then going back to how it was before you feeling flawed. You're going back into that narrative of single Becky. You know, there's these, it's only these men out there who are unavailable. You've got to yourself, you know, built yourself up to feeling so good that if it didn't really happen with Matt, you go back to, okay, it's going to hurt, but you're going to go back to feeling yeah. good. And even in my relationship now, like as much as it's like one of my stories around being left and like, having to have like look after my children on my own, whether that's through death or yeah. him leaving me, that is still a story that still takes over from time to time and makes me play up. But even now I'm like, well, you were happy single. He adds to my life, but I wouldn't be, I'd obviously be unhappy if he left, but like, I know that I would be okay. Yeah. And that changes the energy. Yeah. In the relationship. And at any point where I haven't been like that, like just before I had Miles, I was super triggered because obviously when I was born, my dad died. Yeah. So there was this whole subconscious thing going on before I had Miles where I did go into a bit of a like, is he going to leave me? Is he going to like really irrational? Like, is he going to die on his way home? And, but it only pushed him away more because I was so needing of him to show up for me in a certain way and like promise me he wasn't going to leave. But every time I relax in our relationship and just let it like be, let him be, let it be how it's meant to unfold. We come together so much stronger because I'm not afraid of, of being left. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people put love on a pedestal to like change their life, to complete them, to like finish the missing piece of the puzzle, which is what I was doing for a long time. Well, think of the saying, you know, your other half. Yeah. Well, it's not, I am whole. Yes. They add to, yes. they add to that story. I'm, it's not, I do feel like he is a part of me and is my other half in so many ways. But like looking back now, and this is probably a whole different conversation, but like the stuff that I miss the most, and we spoke about this just before we came on, like the stuff that I miss the most or the things that I grieve the most or find the hardest in my new role as a mother were all the things I wished away. Wow. When I was single. Yeah. The time, the independence, that I'm on my own, the... I don't have anyone to hang out with this weekend. Like the being able to go on a holiday tomorrow like that yeah. and work from anywhere in the world. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. For someone who got so used to that, that's very like crippling for me at times. Yeah. And like hard for me to embrace this new journey that I am on as a mother. And that's why it's like, it's so annoying when people say it to you, but it's like, hold on to what you have right now enjoy every second of where you are right now because it will change and when it does change because you've manifested what you wanted to manifest 
you will miss that. Like, that's the bit I cry over. That's the bit I'm like, I'd give anything for just that little bit of like independence and like freedom and time and yeah, back, anything. But at the time it was like, I don't care about this. Yeah. I want, I want what I don't, it's yeah. always that. I want what I don't have. And yeah. it's so interesting looking back now on that younger Becky who was so desperate for that family and so desperate for their partner <laughs> in her church. I remember you doing a, <laughs> a story recently and I was like, love that from me that I used to like think, you know, I could just like journal, then do my yoga, yeah. then make my juice, then go on my podcast walk. And now I, was, I see your mornings on your stories, which are glorious and you like bounce in miles. Yeah, <laughs> Kelly's up to shower till 11 o'clock, have absolutely zero time to meditate, journal, dry brush, drink a matcha, or even make myself a cup of tea. Like, it's not possible. It's literally not possible. And that's the thing. Like, I would say to anyone on the journey who's wanting to manifest a relationship right now, like, enjoy every part of all the things that you can. Yeah. Because it will happen for you. And you will lose. <laughs> you don't have to lose those things. But, like, I've just had to navigate learning a whole new way of living where, where do I put my affirmations in now where do I get my feel-good vibes from like what can I do that gets me into alignment again because I'd got so stuck in my routine and yeah. my routine has completely changed um but I think far too many I think it's just about getting really clear on what it is that you actually want to feel and like for me I just think all of us are we're bypassing the fact that it's a feeling that we're looking for yes rather than the thing yeah. and limiting ourselves so yeah. much to that person that we're not even opening our eyes to other possibilities or mm -hmm. other opportunities of that happening for us. Yeah. And you stuck in there with Matt as well, right? Like the, the universe was like sending, you know, signs and things that you actually hadn't wanted, but you needed to push through that to actually be able to see that that was your man. It took me to, I say this to him, I love him to pieces. I think he's literally the most handsome guy on the planet now. I do, I genuinely look at him like, you're so good looking. At the time, he just didn't look like what my type was. Like, I had a really strong type. And I think in relationships, a lot of people have that. Oh, he needs to be this. I need to have that spark. He needs to be tall, dark and handsome, right? Yeah. And, like, I learned so much about myself and about the manifesting journey through Matt. Because I was like, you are all those things. You, you have the same values. Like, me and him never disagree on, like, a value yeah. or on a what we want from life or on a how we view life ever. Like we disagree on you're playing golf this weekend and I need you at home with the baby, like like trivial things. But they were things that I had written down that I really wanted. Like someone who sees life in the same perspective as me, someone who wants a family. Like he's 30, he's mm. gonna be a dad of two at 30. And when I said to him, I think it was day two, I was like, listen, I'm just gonna let you know, I'm not really looking for any fun. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, like, yeah, I am. But, like, I am actually in the long term, like, or in the short term, looking for a long-term relationship yeah. now. Like, I'm not really interested in, like, just seeing someone for a bit. I don't know if I'd entertain it. And also, like, I do want kids in the next three to five years. I meant three to five years as well. Didn't mean three to five minutes. I did mean three to five years. <laughs> three to five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, that's cool. He was no fear. Yeah. There was like, yeah, that's cool with me. I want kids young. And also, like, I think it's really important. He'd just come out of a nine-year relationship literally like just come out like a couple of months out he could easily have been like oh, i just want to be single i just want to have fun yeah. and i think a lot of people create excuses for people like oh well the anyone left now is yeah this, or they're, they, they've just come out of relationships they don't want to think serious like if a man wants something he will 
show up for it. Yeah. He was like, I wasn't particularly looking for a relationship. I wasn't not looking for a relationship. I didn't really want to mess around. I knew I wanted a family young, but he was like, when I met you, I didn't care about, like, I was just like, well, I just want to be with her. I went, like, I'm happy to be in a relationship again. Yeah. Had I have met someone else, maybe I would have played the, like, whatever card. And I think that that is also important. Like, the guy that is right for you will show up for you in the way that you deserve to yeah. be shown up for and won't make excuses, won't need time to think. Yes. Won't need time. And people can say, oh, you know, well, some people are going through their own stuff and they've got a lot going on. And like, yeah, I made those excuses for years for people. And actually, no, if they want you, as harsh as it is, they will show up for you. Yeah. And there'll be things along the way. Don't get me wrong. It's not been plain sailing. There have been a lot of challenges in our relationship in having kids so quickly, oh. being so serious so quickly, in the fact that there was an ex-girlfriend in the, like, in the equation. Um, like, there has been, like, real challenges. Like, it's not been plain sailing at all. Um, but our love and our, mm. our, like, desire for what we both want for our family has kept us. And almost those first four months before I fell pregnant, the way that we were with the ease of it has kept yeah. us together and kept us staying strong. Like it's not easy having children so quickly, but um, ultimately at the beginning, he showed up for me exactly how a man should show up. Yeah. And there was no, no excuses, yeah. nothing to figure out. Yeah. So if you are settling for someone, you're making excuses for them. Like, what do you want? And don't settle for anything less than that, literally. Yeah, and I think it takes it takes such bravery and and courage to step away. You know, girls in my in my personal life, in my very close friendship, have just gone through big stages where they've actually stepped away from very long term relationships. As you know, you know, I've only been with Tom the last couple of yeah. years and took me to my thirties yeah. to to be able to meet Tom. And I think it it comes from that. It's still we still come back to that trust, right? And to just trust that there's something bigger and there's something better out there for you and also you you deserve what what you desire yeah. and that person will show up for you in the way that you need and I think what I love from you Becky is getting so much to that empowered state that actually you're like do you know what I'm just calling out what I want <laughs> you know I'm not gonna do this oh oh if I communicate it maybe he'll run away because he won't want the commitment you were like got to your place <laughs> but you're like I know what I want <laughs> got super clear on this I'm really good by myself so I'm just gonna spell it out like I want a family. I want a long-term relationship. Yeah. That's what I'm in for. And he was able to give you that. You know, he was able to give you that yeah. yes. And you were, you, you were able to put yourself in that situation. I had nothing to lose at that point. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? Like, I've been through it all. I've been hurt time and time and time again. And I do think, you know, it's not just a case of, we, I talk about this a lot in the book. Like, it's not just a case of declaring what you want and it shows up for you. Yeah, putting it on your vision board and then no, it's going to come to life. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A bit, vision boards for me are a little bit like, it's been glorified. It's great to romanticize. It's great to see the images because you want to emote a feeling. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. And because you want to put clarity out there of what you want. But you have to do the work yeah. to change the belief systems. Yeah. I got really clear on the stories that were holding me back. It's not that, it's not meant for me. Um someone will leave me my mom my sister both single parents listen there is I take my hat off yeah and I have actually been a bit of a single parent for a year while we've been renovating the house like Matt has been building the house and doing a lot on my own it just wasn't what I wanted because I'd seen the struggle that my mum and sister had gone through those were stories that were lingering around I had to do the work to change those belief systems it wasn't just a case of I'm going to declare this and it's going to show up for me 
And I think the manifesting industry, like when you learn the like to master the art of manifesting in terms of like getting in a good vibe and feeling good and when you don't feel good, allowing yourself not to feel good as well and not putting pressure on yourself to feel good again, but to also just choose something that moves you in the direction of feeling a little bit better so that you can feel a little bit better and then it gets a bit easier and easier to feel good. When you learn to master that, like I think you look at life from a very different perspective. You have a lot more like, you let go of a lot of resentment and anger and you have a lot more compassion towards yourself, what you've been through and you show up for yourself, I think in a really different way. But I do think there is also, let's not forget, like you might see someone manifesting something really easily. So a really great example is like the wealthy typically tend to manifest wealth easier than someone who's come from no money. Mm -hmm. I have had to do so much work around my beliefs, around money, around relationships, around careers, around like, my mum taught me that you have to work a hundred hours a week to earn money, right? I had to do that work because it was such a different world for me. The, yeah. the person I was six years ago, seven years ago, was so different the way that I have the belief system now. And so like when there are certain conversations about manifesting, like I think it's important to understand that like you might find manifesting a relationship harder than Joe Bloggs because Joe Bloggs has never had any trauma. Mm. in her relationships or any hardship or any no, no one's been hurt she might have come from a family where parents were together loving marriage 35 years no not like we all have something but I might find that harder to manifest than someone who has not had that yeah hasn't had any grief or ever been hurt or cheated on in a relationship same with wealth I had to do so much work on changing my story around earning money or success in a business because I hadn't come from that. Yeah. And I think that that's also an important thing to allow yourself to sit with. Like it gives you a little, again, more compassion towards yourself. Stop being so hard on yourself. Like you've got a lot of work to get through here. So of course it's going to take time. Yeah. It's not going to just be over. But at the same time, when you do get into that alignment and you do get really clear on what you want and you do take the actions that are in the direction of that, it can be so quick. Yes. Like it, an opportunity can come in, a partner can come yes. in, your life could change tomorrow. You could sit on an aeroplane and meet the love of your life. Yes. If you have the mindset to believe that that's possible. Yes. I preach that, like, you, know, you know I do through yeah. it. Like my one-to-one -one coaching from the way you support your clients from your book, you know, it, we are so passionate about that. We're not here for the quick fixes. We're here to do the work to absolutely clear those blockages and those blockages have to be cleared before you can get really 100%. clear on on what you want and how to build up your confidence, how to build up your self-esteem in these areas, but also how to believe that it's possible for you. And I, I'm just thinking, Becky, you know, for the listener now that's listening, they're going, yeah, all right, you know, Becky's now with Matt <laughs> and with her second child and Lucy's in her lo long-term relationship with Tom. Okay, you know, they're, they're speaking it, they're, talk they're doing this episode from a place where they've got those things that, that they've wanted. I still, you know, I'm feeling inspired, but I still don't, completely believe that it's possible for me and I'm still losing that hope for myself what would be your piece of wisdom to them oh, like harsh but like you have to get rid of that you have to move beyond what is you have to actually believe that if it's possible listen for me someone who was single for eight years constant heartbreak 
like super desperate to have a child, super desperate to have a relationship, self-loathing. If, if it's possible for me, when and then it's possible for you. So it's really hard because it is so hard when someone says to you, you have to believe it, even if you're not. Do you like, remember that? <laughs> Hearing that, yeah. It, it, but, it, but it is that. But it is it that. It is that. You have to get, uh, you almost have to get over this, like, but it's not going to happen for me. Until you are willing to let go of that narrative, it it won't happen for you. Like, it won't happen for you. Until you're willing to go, oh, do you know what? I'm actually going to listen to what they're saying. And I'm actually just going to, experiment with it like I'm gonna try it I'm going to get clear on what I want I'm going to work on purely just focusing on getting myself in a good vibe getting clear on how I want to feel from a relationship I'm going to not settle for like the half-assed versions or anything other than what I want it's not going to happen for you so it's almost like can you look at this and actually like yes you're kind of believing it but maybe not and actually just be like I I have to believe it what yeah. at this point what else have you got to lose? Yeah. You've got to do the work on changing your story. For me, it's all about perception. It's all about how you look at things. Okay. Like I had this conversation with a friend the other day who was like, well, men at my age, they just don't exist. Like they don't exist and they're single and they won't, they wouldn't co-parent my child. They'll like, maybe they come in. No, you've believed that. You've created that story. There's probably plenty of men out there who have maybe, yes, got divorced, who have children, who would absolutely walk into your life yeah. and still look after your child. You just have to believe that that's out there. Yes. And until you believe that that is the narrative, that is the the the, the possibility you're choosing to believe in, it's not going to happen for you. So that's for me was pivot. I had to believe that it's coming. So what would you do now until it comes? You wouldn't want it as much if it wasn't meant for you. Like I genuinely was looking at sperm donors. Like I had got that far in my my journey of being like, I'm if, and I remember saying, I remember being like universe, you've got two years. <laughs> if you don't provide for me, the, the child, like, or the partner that I at least know I want to have children with, it wasn't necessarily the child. I'm going to go and do it on my own. I kind of gave it a time frame. Yeah. It happened like two months after that, literally. So I, yeah, that is my advice that like you've just got to get on board with believing and like, look beyond your reality. Now look beyond the evidence that, you have in your life now because that's what a lot of people do they hold on to you say that but I've just been ghosted you say that but like I keep attracting this guy you say that but like it probably won't happen for me and it's like no you have to keep holding on to the faith that it will if you do the work and it has. <laughs> it has. Let me tell you, I'm exhausted. So, thank you. I'm so, so exhausted. I think that's such a, a powerful way to end, to actually use this conversation as inspiration mm. because we have been in that place, being those single girls in our 30s and watching everyone around us get married, engagement posts, announcements of having babies and we've made these things possible for us by choosing to believe that it was possible and it is possible mm -hmm. for you too it sure is so i'm gonna leave of course the details of becky's book in the show notes go to it this is your go-to guide to work through everything that we've discussed about in this episode as becky said you know she fully which i think is so powerful and authentic that actually whilst you manifested all those other areas in your life you know you you noticed the relationships was lacking and you actually experimented by adopting those principles and it worked so <laughs> <laughs> quite quickly as which well. is amazing you've got to really be honest with yourself yeah like really honest like am i actually doing that 
am I actually following that? And most women will be like, no. There you go. Yeah. Get honest when you read it. Uh, thank you so much again, Becky. Best of luck with baby number two. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, and as I said, Becky's books will be in the show notes, ways to reach out to her, ways to work with her when she comes back in February, <laughs> raring to go, I'm sure. And of course, you know, here to support you to work through that as well. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Today's journal prompts are all around the theme of manifestation. So let's begin. What resonated with you the most from this episode and what are your main takeaways? What do you want to manifest? How do you want it to make you feel? What are you no longer willing to settle for? What beliefs are holding you back and how are you limiting yourself? If you knew that what you wanted was 100% going to manifest itself for you, how would you be showing up now? What makes you feel good and how can you do more of this? As always, the journal prompts will be in the show notes. You can download them from my website. And if you want them first, make sure you're signed up to my newsletter. I just wanted to say thank you so much for the love that I've received so far on the podcast. With only three episodes released, I've been listened to in over 67 countries, had 3,000 listeners, all five-star reviews, and there's nothing that lights me up more than you sending me your feedback or sharing stories of you listening to the podcast. So I'm so pleased that you guys are taking so much from this and it's really resonating with you and you're loving my guests and their stories. So I just wanted to say everything goes noticed and it really means the world to me to hear your feedback. You've been listening to The Journal with me, Lucy Spicer. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation and that you feel uplifted and inspired to create change in your own life. Please take a second to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and share it with someone who you think needs to hear this story. To find today's guest and to download the journal prompts, visit the links in the show notes. And to learn more about the Lucy Spicer practice and how to work with me and my team, go to lucyspicer.com. For advice and a daily dose of motivation, find me over on Instagram at lucyspicer underscore. Thank you so much for listening and I'll meet you back here for the next episode.